Howdy ho, neighbors. We are back. <laughs> this is LCC's podcast, Pursuit of Purpose. I'm Nate Luke, and I am joined here tonight with Kevin Stuckey. Howdy. <laughs> Nelson Combs. Howdy. And Cody Jewelry. Hello. I miss the foreign languages. Man, oh, I ran yeah. out. I ran out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's only so many languages. <laughs> what? How many? It's it's like ridiculous number of languages. We're on like what? Episode 52? There's like 200 yeah. some languages. There's more probably than that. more. 12. There's probably more than that. 12. There's 12 languages. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Probably, yeah. That's probably about accurate. Yeah. We'll recycle them eventually. It's good to have you all back. Um, guys, we have a... It's going to be a show tonight. We're doing a subject that I think all of us are a little... Uh, a little nervous about, I, I guess, just, if we're being honest. I just want to say, and and maybe we can talk about this too. Like, so it was it was the joke was, who was it? Nelson, did you did you send say, hey, listen, let's do a let's do a podcast on Kevin's uh, sermon this week? No, that was Nate. Was it Nate? Yes, yes. And that was a joke, but. I did, did it feel during the sermon because we talked about sexuality, we talked about sexuality. Talked. I I didn't really get into like the gender stuff, which I feel like we should we should definitely talk about tonight. But did it feel like I felt awkward up there? I mean, I was in the back laughing the whole time at you. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> I knew how awkward it was for you. So straight up, no. Listen to this. Listen to this. I'm calling Greg Abbott out. He 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 may not even listen to this episode, and that's fine. But I'm calling him out. <laughs> so before I didn't tell him what I was preaching on, okay. But before the message, I say to Greg, I'm like, "All right, Greg, like you're gonna be up there. Like do a little wrap up at the end. If if I don't come back up and pray, straight up, the dude at the end goes." See you later. That was it. Have a great week. <laughs> I, I'm like, come on, man. Like, I just got up there and talked for 30 minutes on sex in front of like a bunch of older people and some really young people. I'm just wondering, we did money and then sex. So, what's next? <laughs> I'm very excited for this weekend. Scott's preaching this week, so okay. we're good. <laughs> so, yeah, let's continue that conversation. You guys deserve to go through what I went through Sunday. Because I did, I can say, like, like the, the sermon, I felt really good about what I had, but as I'm delivering it, it was just, it didn't, I don't know. I, I guess I maybe realized how hard it was to talk about the things that I was talking about, like from that standpoint, just like marriage and, and that passage and breaking it down. And I don't know, there was a lot of material too. So, but so I, somebody said that I could tell, I think it was, I can't remember who, but somebody said afterwards, they could say, I could tell like you were a little nervous this week talking about it. And it didn't, I will say, it didn't feel as, like, smooth or natural as... I could tell, like, you <laughs> you would, like, crack kind of an uneasy joke about sex, and you'd be like... <laughs> like, <laughs> like a creeper laugh? <laughs> like, a, like a very uncomfortable, <laughs> like... <laughs> Come on, guys, help me out here. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging. <laughs> Crickets. Yeah. So yeah, that's gonna be our subject. Sorry, I stole your intro. No, no, the, no. The, uh, well, I mean, 
we were just going to go through a quick news segment about let's, let's Twinkies and ninjas, but oh, hey. can't miss that. No. Okay, let's so we'll come. We'll come back to the the sex thing. <laughs> I don't Twinkies. Man, this is awkward. I don't, I don't like. It's like I, a. I don't know it's like a high hands. school locker room in here. <laughs> Nate's got highs going now. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm turning red. Uh, anyway, Twinkies, fellas. Uh, <laughs> I I heard this past week that this dude, I think he's from like Rhode Island or something. He kept Twinkies in his uh, pantry for over ten years. Wow. And let, 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 let's just, I'm going to ask you guys what you think here. How long do you think a Twinkie is edible for? In the wrapper or out of the wrapper? In the wrapper. 15 years. Okay. Nelson? Let's do over under on 15 years. Let's play over under now. Plus three. Is that it? Three? Over three? Under three? No, no, no. I'm, I'm not a gambler. Like, so I'm just calling like, is it? So over is, do I think it's more oh, okay. than 15 years? Sorry. Under is, do I think it's less? I think let's it's lessen it a little bit. Let's go like... Give us an over-under number. Okay, let's go five. Over. Over. Okay. Kevin? I'm taking under because they went over. But how much do I get if... if uh, Two Twinkies. <laughs> and you have to buy them yourself. <laughs> I'm not going to the store after this. All right. This is okay, so Cody said over. Nelson said over. over. Kevin said under. Uh, guys, this is going to be really disappointing when I tell you this. 45 days shelf life. Oh, what? Quit it. I mean, I thought under. Yeah, I'm, I will guarantee you that if Twinkies aren't going to last 45 days in my well, pantry. I'm not saying that's like the they're real. Very, they're a very moist snack. Mm-hmm. So what happened with these Twinkies? Did he eat them? They were mummified. Like as soon as he opened the, like as soon as air got to Mm-mm. them, they like instantly molded. No. No yes. way. Did he still eat them? No, he uh, didn't. Man, that'd been a great. But he was pretty. I guess from the article, he was pretty intent on eating them. <laughs> so he was, he was going, very like, disappointed. Well, yeah, he, he was thought like, about he it for how many years? He, he like, had the munchies after. and he was going to eat those Twinkies. He's like ten years. Ah, yeah, whatever. It's yep. like those McDonald's. Like you ever seen that? Where like they've had cheeseburgers. Uh, that's like, like isn't like Kosai or something like that that you can like go and they have like <sighs> they they took the McDonald's they put it in a box yeah and then and it's like didn't change shape. Yeah. No, 20 years later, it looks exactly That's like you. That's disturbing. Yeah. It is disturbing. I don't need to know that. Yeah. What Do you like McDonald's? No, but oh. sometimes it's a, uh, it happens. How yeah. many times a week sometimes. does it happen? Oh. I could not even once a week, but a couple times a month. I do like the Mac sauce, though. Well, mm. I, I, you good. know what I like McDonald's straight up is the uh, the hot mustard for mm. the uh, Spicy chick, mustard. chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. Never had it. Good? It's good. Dude. Solid choice. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah. I do like the caramel frappes. Those are good with the whipped cream. I might have to go to Greenfield after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds so good. So Twinkies. Uh, what was my other one? Ninjas. Ninjas. So apparently this guy dressed in full ninja garb about a week, two weeks ago, breaks into an Air Force base, literally gets gets past the outside security and tries to... Uh, take his ninja sword and literally stab uh, service members. Now, these aren't just any service members. These are the guys from the 160th Special Aviation Regiment. These are the guys who basically fly Delta Force and SEALs on missions. And it didn't turn out this well This was a poor choice. This was a what, poor those choice. Those guys are like trained to fight? 
I mean, they're trained to pretty much well, do everything. Yeah, and you got to figure they're on a secure base that's secure all the time, and so like probably there's probably a, an ounce of that where they're just kind of itching for a fight, and then oh, here it is. So it, oh wait, go back, roll back. These are the these are the pilots, the pilots that fly the, the special Delta operators, Force. but these guys could also be special operators as well. Really. And they're going to have yes. crew with them. Yes. Oh. And other security details that have been sitting on a post for hours. I just, upon I find hours. it, I find it hilarious. A guy dresses like a ninja and breaks into an Air <laughs> yeah. Force base because that's a good idea. Can you imagine if Chuck <laughs> Norris was the ninja? Like he took off <laughs> his mask. <laughs> oh, I mean, the yeah. knife would have stabbed those guys out of fear of out Chuck of fear. Nor- yeah. Right. We need to get some more Chuck Norris jokes on. We've done that before. <laughs> Maybe instead of languages, you could do a Chuck Norris joke every week. Well, God rested on the seventh day because Chuck Norris beat his butt on the sixth. Oh, see, that's 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 heresy. Heresy. Yeah, we, I don't think we could do that. That's, one. that's next week. <laughs> All right, uh, nine minutes in. Cut Cody's comment. <laughs> Delete. Cancel. Uh, yeah. So there's. There's the news that everybody needed to know this Yeah, week. you didn't let us down. Thank yeah. you. There were two good ones. All right, so, uh, yeah, let's let's get back to this. And, Kevin, you're going to start us off because... <laughs> talk the entire time. Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> I recuse myself. So, I, I think, I mean, I, I think like anything, you know, anytime you have a discussion, you want to try to create tension. With this subject... It's it's really easy to do that. Um, I, I mean, just it, uh, observations. You guys are in different fields. You're in the medical field. You're in the school system. You know, you're you're on the streets. You know, uh, you know, as a as a cop dealing with a lot of a lot of different issues from from a sexuality standpoint. Like, so you see some of the worst of the worst. I mean, all of you guys in 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 these different areas or or hear the horror stories. I think I think the first thing that 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 we have to discuss is like the state of our culture today before we even begin to talk about like you know what what do we as how do we as Christians you know deal with this how do we live in this and some of the stuff is like pop culture stuff that's going on some of it is even like more local stuff like that 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 is going on that you know we can't fully discuss but like you know we I mean th- these these are things that are happening so observations just from that standpoint of some of the I guess some of the some of the downfall here that we see or even some of the problems that we see because I mean Cody we did a we did a two-part episode on sex trafficking Mm -hmm. that's just one small piece of of this bigger picture so it's not like there's a lack of material here you know it's just it's just not a comfortable thing to talk about. And and the standpoint that I took in, in the sermon on Sunday was, hey, listen, there is an undervaluing of, of sex that we have in our culture in the sense that that um that we that sex in the context of a man and a wife, a husband and a wife, I should say, <laughs> not just any man and a wife. <laughs> Let's be more specific here. <laughs> of a husband and a wife is a a godly, beautiful thing that the Bible celebrates, and so we can't undervalue it. Like we can't not talk about this. 
you know, I dread the day when I have to have this discussion. Cody, you're close, man. Like you're, if not already, you, I mean, these discussions are coming up in your home. You got a middle schooler, right? Yep. Straight up, listen to this. So I opened up Sunday school last week, not last week, not this last Sunday, but the Sunday before with the high schoolers. I taught the Sunday school class and I said, here, here's what I'm going to do. Here's my, here's my subject for the week. But before we do that, guys, I want to know like sexuality wise, like, like what's going on in your schools and are you, are you having a hard time dealing with like the gender stuff going on with homosexuality, those type of things. All the high schoolers says, nope, like we're, we're like straight up. Like we're okay, you know we we we're okay with what the Bible says. We're okay, which is I can I would say I had that conversation several years ago with that group and with with the group before them, and they were really struggling with is 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 this okay or is it not okay? Not that they thought that it was okay for them, but they're like I've got friends who I know that are doing this or are in this. They're good people. And so they were wrestling with how do I, you know, how do I condemn this person ultimately is what they're thinking they have to do, right? Which is not necessarily the answer. But but this group said no. This is the this is the crazy thing. And this and you probably know some of this, Cody. They said, but the middle school, it is crazy what's going on there. They said, in high school, good to go. But in the middle school, there are Several kids who, um, you know, they want to be called she instead of he or he instead of she, whatever it is. And there's a lot of gender stuff there. And then even like relationships, like in that sense. Um, So maybe this is something that, you know, you have these flare ups in different classes or and you probably we all see that, right? There's certain classes that go through and you're like, hey, that's a really good class. And then others that come through and a bunch of knuckleheads there. Maybe it's something like that. Or maybe it's just like, hey, listen, there's there's kids that are coming through that like this is not but if that's a middle school thing, then this is this is a conversation that that is going to have to happen. Maybe sooner rather than later, you know, from when we were growing up. Because, you know, I I I do remember this. I remember, I think it was fourth grade, on the way to school, on the school bus, and two girls sitting here and explaining, they're only a year ahead of me in school, and talking about stuff that I had no idea. I think it might have been, it was either fourth or fifth grade, um, but having these conversations, so I, I think it's, I think it's, I think this is something that like we can't ignore. We can't pretend isn't there. Like we have opinions on this, right? Like we have opinions on this, but at the end of the day, you know, we are we there is a fear about talking about this in a serious like let's get down and say like what's right, what's wrong and what what problems are being created here. So that uh, let me just open it with that. Like what are some of the things that you're seeing, you know, in pop culture, you know, social media, in our news, with what's going on, like with the whole pushing for genders, whatever the genders are. I mean, there's it's crazy how many that you know they've come up with. But like, what are you guys seeing in your in your settings? What's alarming to you? Like, what's just like making you just open your eyes wide and be like, what the heck's going on here? I think that if we're speaking in today's terms, 
it is being pushed to be more accepted culturally um, in that aspect. And when you're talking about uh, guys who are um, with other guys or girls who are with other girls in an intimate relationship and whatever level intimacy that is, it's being pushed more to be accepted as, you know, when I was, when you said middle school, um, for me as well, I mean, even though you're a heck of a lot older than me, we're not that much farther apart, Wait, Kevin. What? <laughs> heck of a lot. Ouch. I mean, you are in your 40s. I'm still in my 30s. I'm 40. <laughs> like the beginning of it. But uh, back, when I was in middle school, that was something that wasn't really talked about. You know, that was something that wasn't really, I mean, it, it, it was a topic. It, you were aware of it. But it wasn't something that you saw politics, celebrities, uh, businesses, groups pushing to be culturally accepted like you're seeing today. So it was more or less like, okay, yeah, we, we're aware of this, but I'm from Southwest Ohio with 200 uh, students in my class. It, I'm not saying there wasn't anybody that was in that realm that we're talking about. But I'm just saying it wasn't something that was like up in front of your face on social media. We didn't really have a social media back then. I think MySpace came about maybe my junior, sophomore, senior year. Um, so that was something that wasn't really discussed much. But you knew that it was there. I mean, you knew that there was kids in your. I mean, I had a really good friend in high school that you know he didn't come out that he was um, a gay a gay male until after high school, and I don't know his reasoning for it, but we all kind of suspected it just based off of things he, he, he talked about his demeanor, his interest. And, you know, and when, when he came out about it, we all told him like, Hey man, we still love you. Like, you know, it's that, that doesn't change the fact we're, we're, you know, we're still your friend. Um, but you know, in my job, you know, there's, there's been a big shift, um, recently, you know, just with females alone. I mean, and this is a little off topic, but it, it just kind of, proves a point that, you know, there's been a huge, um, shift with females that we have to go through and, and talk to females about if they've been pregnant, the time they've been pregnant, if the time frame is within six weeks, if they had a baby from six weeks ago, you know, back to the date that we're, you know, if we arrested them today, have you been pregnant or are you pregnant? And if you have been pregnant, has it been in the last six weeks? And if so, we're not allowed to apply cuffs on them unless they, we can articulate that, that they're a danger to themselves or the public. Hmm. Um, so that there's that shift too. But um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 so much different now uh, than it was just ten years ago in, in the aspect of homosexuality. Um, just because, like I said, you're seeing so many people. Uh, on the news and and social media pushing and and um, demanding that acceptance, so um, we need to, and we need to come back to that because I think that that's at the forefront of this topic. It's not it's not just that that we're seeing it a lot more, but it's if you don't accept it, if you're not okay with it, then you're an enemy to this thing. The problem. You're the, yeah. yeah, you're a part of the problem. That's a better way yeah. to say it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll piggyback off what Cody said. Just looking at the generational differences, I, I feel like we've went from <clears throat> a generation that, you know, was, was starting to acknowledge the fact that more people were coming out as not heterosexual to 
you know, I think Cody and my generation, mm. you know, 10, 15 years ago, we went from acknowledgement to acceptance. Like, hey, you're not just going to acknowledge these people now, you know, you accept them. And that's just what our culture, you know, kind of kind of put on us. Um, and then, you know, I, I see it nowadays in the school system. It's it's not just acknowledging or accepting. Let's integrate. Um, let's integrate this this new culture of, um, you know, heterosexuality with homosexuality, with asexuality, with uh, transgenderism. Um, and I always forget what all, what the other ones are, but. You know, it's interesting to see just that timeline, that linear scale of going from just acknowledging to accepting to um, integrating on a full scale and, and really just like evolving over time. What just elaborate on is that kind of an under underlying thing or is that something that is actively being like presented to staff to like, we have to do these things. Yeah. I mean, legally you have to, you know, if, what the, what, what legally do you have to do? Um, be well, spe- I mean, be specific. Cause I'm, I'm ignorant of this. Right. Well, for instance, I mean, if, uh, if a student comes and you know, if, if he identified as a, he, and now he wants to be identified as a, she, you know, we have to be accommodating, um, to a certain extent. So for example, if a student comes to us and says, you know, I, I used to be a boy, but now I identify as a girl. Um, there has to be certain measures put in place to where, you know, we have to strike that balance between accepting and acknowledging that difference in that kid to now, <clears throat> um, I lost my train of thought there a little bit, but accepting and acknowledging that difference to accommodating that difference as well. So, you know, the, the kid that said that they may not necessarily be able to use the girls restroom now, but now they're going to have to use a different bathroom, a private bathroom, maybe even the staff bathroom now. Um, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it, it does put a little bit of pressure, you know, and you have to, you have to think about these things now, whereas, you know, 10 years ago, we didn't have to think about, especially the, the issue of transgenderism in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's integrating and it's accommodating now for those groups of people, and you know i I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak for administrators, but I would feel like administrators feel a ton of pressure, um, especially in our area, because you know people mm-hmm. like Cody said, 200 people in your graduating class, you're not gonna come across a a, a kid who identifies as a transgender very often. And the the rest of the community might look at that and be a little scornful of that type of thing. Um, so the the pressure I think being put on administrators, especially like it's it's tough. Well, and I, you know, just to 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 flesh that out a little more, I, the the thing that I, I think we're seeing as well, <clears throat> you know, a lot of the people that these kids look up to that they're, that they're seeing these, these, you know, um, like Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Yes. So what would you call them? Celebrities? Sorry. I just, I completely couldn't come up with that word, but, but like these celebrities, like they can't even have like they, if let's just say one of them disagreed 
in some settings, like country music, you can get away with disagreeing with this, and you like still have your, you know, all the people that are going to support you are still going to support you, you know. But like in some of these other industries, like if 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 somebody disagreed with this, even if they were, hey, listen, like we we love these people, but we're not okay with this them doing this thing or whatever. Like it could it could ruin their career, and so like you have a lot of people being silent or just jumping on the bandwagon and saying, oh, you know, I'm this, I celebrate this, I'm okay with this, you know, we love this. And what it's doing is creating a culture that's like, okay, I'm seeing all the people that I look up to, that that I watch, that I that I like, and they're saying this thing, and it's becoming cool to be this, even if you're not. And I think that's what, you know, you think about middle schools, they can't make a decision on sexuality in middle school. Do you remember? Do you guys remember? You know, sexuality when you were in middle school. Like, I mean, like it was it was it was nuts. You had no control. You had no idea what you were doing. Like you, honestly. I mean, let's 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 be frank. Let's be honest. Like, as a as a little boy, like you had one thing on your mind. Like right. Like you're trying to basketball. <laughs> That's right, basketball. School. <laughs> lots and lots of school. <laughs> but but to 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 like make life decisions based on these things. If it's cool, like you're going to do it. Like you're going to be influenced by that thing. And 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 I think it's it's a really scary thing. And and I think it's, you know, we can't point our finger and say, well, politically we got to get this thing figured out. No. <laughs> Or, well, you know, they've got to do this or that. No, no. this is going to, the only way this changes, the only way that there's, that we find health as Christians in this is if like we get involved in, in what's going on with our kids. And we, I think there has to be a real pulling back from what we allow our kids uh, to see because they're going to mimic that. I, I mean, they're too impressionable at that age. Um, they're too impressionable in high school too. That's I mean, right. It's not just middle school. No, you're right. But uh, there's less of an excuse in high school. Correct. So, but, but I, I don't disagree. I think, I think again, I, I don't take away from that at all because you're absolutely right. I'm just saying like, we're seeing this roll back to earlier and earlier and earlier. And, and that's, that's a scary thing. Yeah. And kind of going off of what you were saying there, Nate, and like, as growing up, it was like something, you know, like you knew about and then it was an accepting thing. And then it was like, it's almost been pushed into this, not just knowledge of, but support of and to facilitate, you know, and whether you agree with it or not. And then you're the the problem if, and you're the problem if you don't agree with it. And I mean, a lot of this stems from just an over-sexualization of the, the culture in general. I mean, there's, there's a cascade dish detergent ad that says let's do it every night and it's we're talking about soap here yeah and it sells and and it's just and it you can't avoid it because it's everywhere well i mean and then it breaks it down into and then you go into the other conversation about what is your sexuality so let's just change the language let's just create new language and figure out new words and say now you got to accept this and so what's it going to be next week yeah, and it's you can't even keep up. Think about this. I, I, uh, this every time I make 
the trip down to Florida. We do it. We do it usually once a year. We drive. You guys ever make a long trip like that and not see huge billboards with something sexualized on it? Have you seen the one on outside of Eastgate? It says double your closet space, and it's a divorce lawyer. I want to burn it to the ground. Oh my goodness! I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it's everywhere you go. You can't avoid it. And uh, I mean, that's just you know, it's it's hard to fathom. Like you know, my daughters are three and six months, and so to think about in ten years, where you know, like how do we? Not to say that our when I was growing up was a better time, and to say that we had it right at that time, but I certainly would feel safer if my daughters were raised in that era and that uh, that ability to control about to control what they witnessed and influenced them and because they're impressionable and um i mean it's a matter i mean there's always talk about i mean in disney and disney movies and what what do you think my daughter's watching yeah and so like it's a matter of time before if they don't already have one i don't even have you guys seen the show impeachment it's it's like an FX show. It's about Mm-mm. Monica Lewinsky and the whole. I've Mm-mm. I've seen the Clinton. previews for it, but I haven't. Yeah. So there's an episode. I actually just watched it a couple nights ago um, on DVR, and and it it talked like Monica was talking with Linda Tripp, who was her confidant during this whole thing, and she was telling her that you know my drama teacher in high school had sex with me. Um, there's some sort of counselor, I think, before that, if I remember right from the episode. But she she goes through a list of several names um, when she was just a young, impressionable girl. You know, she she was doing these things. She was doing acts she should, should have never done at the age of 14. And it just got me thinking, like, man, that was back in the 90s. And that ruined Monica Lewinsky's life. She became this overly sexualized figure mm-hmm. in our society. And she still is. I yeah. mean, there, yep. there's... There's all kinds of things. What do you think about when you think about Monica Lewinsky? One thing. Right. One thing. Sex. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I I got to think about that. I was like, man, that was back in the 90s. Like, imagine if that happened today with social media, with even more over sexualization in our culture nowadays. Like, it's crazy, man. It's crazy to believe that, you know, it could be worse than that. And it was really bad for her when that, when all that came out. It's just crazy. Think about this. So talk about back in the nineties. I, I it, it was either late eighties, early nineties that this church um got together because they were selling pornography in one of the either the grocery store or one of the gas stations. And they like went out and said, like, fix this and, and like I don't know what all they did, but and and again, this is all hearsay. But I'm pretty sure like they went after this business and got got it taken off the shelves. You know, so that that I mean, would we even consider doing something that like that today? Like we wouldn't even think about, you know. So again, we've we've we've. I, I'm not saying that was the right thing to do, or the or the or the wrong thing to do. You know, again, I wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? That is a victory. But but you think about like the Catholic Church's stance on abortion that it had for years. It's 
it held back the floodgates of what we're seeing now with Planned Parenthood and all the things going on where, where like, a you know, abortion is like a norm now. Like if you want to do it, go do it. And like, it's still a big debate, but it's like, it's, it's normalized. Sexuality has become this, whatever you want, however you want it, go get it. It's your body, you know, and, and we continued to go down this rabbit hole that, you know, we're not going to get out of, but what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? It's kind of like, you know, like when you're talking about the gas station, it's kind of, you think about, I know when we were growing up, we had video rental stores. You know, I'm not for sure if y'all have VHS. Or yes, not. I worked at one thing. But, you know, like, there hey, was. They weren't just in Kentucky, dude. There was the room. There was oh, the right. room in the back that had a door on right. it, right? The room of shame. Right. The room of shame. <laughs> and, you know. I never wanted to be right. coming out of that. Today, would it have a door on it? Would there even be another room? And it's like you look at your your Netflix trending ideas or or you should watch this because you watch this. It's right there. Yeah. You know, and it's, I mean. It's at anyone's fingertips now. At any moment. It's yep. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I I won't go into too many details, obviously, but, you know, I've, I've talked with young men uh, that I've either coached or had in class. And, you know, the issue, the biggest issue facing any young man, and it, it, any of us can attest to it, is pornography, man. Yeah. Like, th- that's something, like, if you really want an uncomfortable conversation on this <laughs> podcast have a bunch of guys trying to talk about porn. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's something it, yeah. Well, I mean, again, you talk about just generation change, right? You know, even if you were a good kid, like, you know, the, the, when you're young and, and you're, and you want to, you, 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 you want to see that you want to, you experience that, whatever it is, like, it was not easy to get your hands on something like that. No. You know, unless dad had one under the bed, you know, or something like that, which that was n- never the case in my home. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but that was not going to happen in my house. You know, and so like, but now, as soon as you get a phone, as soon as you get a computer, as soon as you get an iPad, you have access like that. And so... Again, you're giving you're giving individuals access to things that they they are not prepared or able to handle. And what I know this and you guys do, too, like, you know, as as you've gotten older. You know, there were things that you did that were unhealthy, even even just going to a restaurant. Like and getting a cheeseburger. Like when you did that when you were younger, that had no, there was no consequences to that, right? Now you get jalapenos on it. Guess what, boys? You're gonna be on the toilet a little bit longer. I mean, you know, I mean, as your body changes, like you know, if you eat greasy food, like you're gonna blow up. You're gonna get fat. Like, and there's there's no if ands buts. Like it's gonna happen, you know. But as you're younger, it's it's almost like. You don't have the fear of those things. You don't have the consequences of those things because you're not thinking past like this this part of your life. But there are absolutely consequences. You know, you think about we've talked about this before. People, you know, interviewing for jobs and these these employers, 
yes, are going back and looking at their Facebook and seeing these pictures of they're doing this and they're doing that. And they're using that to like, do I want this person to be working in this environment because of these things? Like there are consequences to the decisions we make and kids are not ready to make the decisions that they're having to make because in a lot of ways, and I'm not saying, you know, other parents, even myself, like I'll see Nora come out with like a really short skirt and like, you know, she'll find a tank top that comes way down. Why is she doing that? You know, her mother does not dress like that. But she's seen it somewhere. She's seen it. Yeah. And she's mimicking and she's walking in a, in a way that like makes me think, okay, like she's seeing something that I'm, I haven't seen her watch this thing that's making her think that this is okay, but she sees it. She sees it as pretty. She sees it as sexy, whether she, she knows what that word even means and she's mimicking it. And so what, you know, what, what is the trajectory of this? If I don't nip that in the bud. And she's, she's also seeing everything that's going on with, like we've talked about, the you know the genders and the you know sexuality changes they're seeing all of it yeah and I mean and it's we we got to figure out a way to filter it and I don't know the answer to that I don't think any of us do well I you know what I've I've had a real conviction about this Eric McGee was talking in Sunday school class this week and he he was we were talking about like what what's a what's a what's a healthy or, or I can't remember if the question was what's unhealthy family look like or what's a healthy family look like, but but somehow it got on the discussion of like how phones are taking away time for real conversation to sit there with our kids, or instead of sitting down and and like talking or playing a game together or or spending time together, we're you know, you have mom over here with her phone, dad over here with her phone, and the TV on in the background with the kids watching the show. You know, Aquanauts is like the thing that's really big. Oh around. yeah, are yeah. you in, are you you know? Yeah, huh? we're there. Aquanauts. Yep. Um, it's past me, but I know. Past. What you're yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't got there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doc McStuffins right now. It's actually it's decent. Coming, it's decent, but uh, but like they'll just episode after episode after episode, and so the question was like. Or, or, or the, the, the slap was in the face was, hey, listen, you're eliminating opportunities for conversation and relationship because of these things. Is anyone in here not guilty of that? My, my six-month-old can tell how to look at a phone. <laughs> I'm, like, for real, like, she grabs for it all the time. And Why? Granted, like, she's six months old, she grabs for everything. But, like, it even she knows that this is important to me because uh, I always have it and it's like and I'm, you know I'm not on it all the time but it's always in a pocket or it's yeah. close or it's somewhere and she's six months old she knows it I, again I don't I, I, I don't know how and you know we've talked about we did the Sunday school class about the the fasting from media oh, yeah. and everything and that was I mean that was a tough week yeah and it shouldn't be but it's become so ingrained in who we are that like even by us doing these things, we're, I mean, we have this old used phone that sits on our, you know, on our counter, you know, it just every once in a while pops up, like the kids will dig it out of a drawer or something, you know, we've thrown it out, you know, I can't trade it in because it's got a bunch of cracks and it's all beat up, but they'll dig it out and plug it in and it'll light up and it works like still. And so then they're like, Hey, 
you know, that's my phone, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, they're trying to mimic that behavior. And, and, and I think, I think it, if it starts somewhere, it starts with us taking the time to really roll back and say, like, we need to make things, other things more important. I catch myself so often. I'll, I'll come home. And if the first thing I do is get a shower and go to bed, if if it if I get home late for work in, in the last two months, it's been that's what it's been. I, I get home, I maybe eat a bite, I take a shower, I go to bed. Like it, you know, but when I go to bed, flip open Netflix or Prime or Disney and watch something every single night. And I think, you know what? If I didn't have this sitting in front of me, if I wasn't like if I didn't have this yearning, this desire to to pull this thing out and like do this, would I read? Would I would I go talk to my wife? You know, would I do these other things? I don't know, but I know that I'm not I'm not putting out what I want my kids to right. do. Yeah. And until we change that, we're really opening, you know, a door for them that they're not they're not in any way capable of dealing with. You know, we're adults and we can sit here and say, you know what? <laughs> I shouldn't be doing this. I am and then we'll go through the season where like we, we really crash and burn because, you know, we're doing this too much and then we'll kind of pull back from it. Are they at a place where they crash and burn from this soon enough to where it's not detrimental to certain aspects of their life and their growth? Answers, Nate? <laughs> uh, dude, that, that's the great question of our time, dude. I mean, I, I see it every day as a teacher. I'll, I might walk through study hall and, you know, kids, they're not studying. They're on their phones. Hmm. And, you know, we can't regulate those phones at school most days. Um, and it's like, if they're, they're, God knows what they're watching at school. And then you think to yourself as you're walking by, like, what are they doing at home? What content are they feeding themselves there? And they're, you know, like, you guys know this. There's a lot of parents out there that are absent in so many ways and they're doing these things at home and there's no parent there to correct the course. So it's the great question of our time. And I think we need a little bit of Jesus to help guide us back. Oh, hopefully. absolutely. Well, and I, so, so we see that as a problem. Now let's tie it back into like the sexuality stuff. Like, you guys heard about uh, Lego, what Lego's doing? Yeah. Um, I think you know a little more about it. From what I was listening to, but basically they're just, um, they feel like their old product was too gendered, I think is the term they yeah, use. Yeah, like 90% of boys. Yeah. So like 90% of their customers are boys. Boys, yeah. But they also have the Friends collection, which is obviously marketed towards girls and then you have you know then you have monster trucks on the other end and they want to go a more gender neutral route and have a and stop defining that this is a boy's toy and this is a girl's toy and that's i mean that's lego that's an institution that's a kid's toy that you know um it'll be i mean i think it's going to be interesting to see how the market responds to that as to because inherently i've seen with raising my girls that like there's some inherent things that they come 
that they are born with that they respond differently than boys. I mean, it's just like baby dolls. And, you know, like when I was, my daughter just got a cat this week and she carries it around like a baby doll. When I got my first cat as a kid, I did not carry it around like a baby doll. (laughs) (laughs) I kicked it around like a football. (laughs) Right. And so there's just inherent differences. So it'll be interesting to see how the market probably responds to that, whether that's accepted or uh, there's a little course reversal on that. Well, and I, I've been, I was reading, I've been reading a book. I can't remember what the title of it is. It's, Anyway, I I can't remember the title. I could pull it up here in a minute, but it's not important because because it, it's not a book I would like recommend. It's just something that a friend told me to to read. But it's amazing to me in this book. It is just continually dogging like this masculine, this celebration of masculine identity, you know, and I in even identity within marriage of a man and a wife and. You can tell they're trying to to put it in a negative con in a negative light, but 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 ultimately, like it's saying this that they're vilifying this idea that a man wants to be a provider and a protector, and and instead of saying and a woman is a nurturer and I forget the other term that they give women when. That's that's how I'm putting it. But they say it to make it a negative thing is they say they say a man wants to provide and protect and they expect a woman to sit at home and just praise them and love them for their masculinity. But that's not that's not the real that's not the real message. The message is, hey, listen, what you just said, men and women are different. And if if we don't if we don't lean into those things about like identifying what we are then we're not going to have a healthy marriage yes men men want to provide and protect that's like it's wired into us to be that right um and women naturally want to nurture those are not like bad things it's who we are now can we demean someone's position by saying you know you're a housewife and you have no aspiration and blah, 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 blah. And you're, you know, we, we, we can vilify that those attributes in women that are really beautiful things. You know, they're, they're better. You guys tell me this. How many times have you guys, your kids have been sick and your wife just knew somehow she knew you, you look at them, you're like, they, they seem fine, but she knew anybody have that experience. Oh. Mm-hmm. What? Why? How? Like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like the sixth sense that they have again, why they're nurturers naturally, like they're, they're in tune to those things. It's not a bad thing, but they're vilifying this idea that, that like it's to celebrate that those differences. Uh, and I think, you know, again, that's a downfall. I mean, here, here's another one that has come out recently and, and it's one I know you know about as well. Nelson is like the Superman thing that's coming out and, Supposedly, there's a spinoff. Is the show even out? I have no idea. I don't know. This I mean, sh- supposedly, it's a comic. Is it still a comic book? Oh, maybe or it's a comic. It, I think it's a comic. They'll okay, probably, they'll probably make it a show. Well, eventually, right? That's well, what it's about. They, Superman's son. Yeah, and Superman's son is now gay or bisexual, or something. Getting ready to start yeah. a relationship with a man, and so. I'm not going to get into that or explain that or talk about that. Here's what I want to say about it. Like, 
how many shows that we flip on today, wherever you get them, that they don't have that as just this natural, normal, happy, good thing pulled into this show that maybe it's about a man and a wife and their kids, but then they have a gay uncle or they have a gay aunt or they Son have a, or, yeah, it's whatever. some, if you don't have that in your show, it's almost like you can't be on TV or, or even interracial couple or whatever. Like it cannot be just, you know, a no, I don't want to say normal, but like what I, what I grew up with, let's just say that, you know, and it's like, it has to be different. And so then you like, how, how do our children, like if, if, if we feel like we need to be, promoting the natural traits of a male and a female, a husband and a wife and a mother and a father. And they're complete getting completely conflicting information whenever they're watching any type of media. Like how do we battle that and provide this solid foundation? And these are the, like, we're this, this entire podcast seems to be just questions that I go through continually where it's like, you know, like I've got to find my place in this and put it at Jesus's feet and say, like, where do I go and how do I do it? And I mean, you know, like I'm not going to get it right all the time, but like these are big questions that we're just asking, you know, and it's tough. Yeah. Cody, any other thoughts? No. <laughs> you really kind of like got in there at the beginning and then kind of. I said my piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cody, I, I did like, you should bring up the Derek Carr thing you were talking about earlier. At yeah, least, I do. I, I agree. That was good. Yeah. Derek oh. Carr's comments. Yeah. I mean, just, so, just, just, just give him a little bit of background. Or yeah, you got to give the background. So John Gruden is the, um, the head coach. Well, was the head coach for the, are they still the Los Angeles? Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Okay. Ra- uh, Raiders in the NFL. And there was – I don't know who pried this, pulled this out, or what happened, but some something to do with his emails from 2011 came into question and was made public. And he made s- several racial uh, comments and inappropriate comments in his emails. And um, obviously in today's time and culture, he was, you know – blasphemy for 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 those comments and rightfully so i mean a lot of them were very inappropriate and unprofessional so he he resigned from his position and you know this past week there's been a lot of a lot of conversation especially on espn and any sports uh channel that people watch about those comments and um his quarterback Derek carr who has proclaimed his faith a great guy who promotes um jesus uh, on the platform that he he is on right now um, he was interviewed and the guy stood up there and I would, I would suspect that a lot of people were ready or wanted to hear something negative come from him. You know, like that was, but he basically, in our, in our cancel culture, that's what absolutely. I'm saying. I mean, that's what yes, I'm saying. Like they're, they're, they're wanting, they're wanting to feed into that fire. Um, you know, that John Gruden is a horrible person. And Derek said, listen, I, you know, I love the guy. I know the guy. Person, on a personal level, I know his family, I know his kids, I, I, I know kind of their like what they do every day, day in and day out, outside of the football life that he does. Um, he's an amazing person. He's like, I love him, but I hate the sin. And, you know, that's – and in the NFL, a quarterback is like the head coach's right-hand man. He is the head coach while he's on the field. I mean, so 
Um, if you are the head, if you're the head coach, your quarterback is your go-to guy, and for his go-to guy to sit up there and say, "I still love him, but I st- but I hate the sin," you know that. I thought that was a pretty bold and, and good statement in today's time, in today's culture, for him to to make that that statement. Absolutely, and I think ultimately, I mean, that's that's the stance that like. Again, like as Christians, it is clearly outlined, you know, in the Word of God, homosexuality is is wrong. Um, there is a, you know, I created male and female. Like, there are two genders. That's it, you know. And, and so, is it is it wrong? <laughs> yes, it's wrong. Like, these things are sinful. These things are wrong. Like, a unbiblical sexuality is a bad thing. And so, so the mentality has to be that same thing. What, what Derek Carr is exactly how we handle this. I love this person. I can, ex- you know, you said that about your friend. I accept this person. I'm not okay with that lifestyle. I'm not, I'm not going to condone it. I'm not going to promote it. I want my little boy to grow up a masculine, strong man who is also humble and kind, who is, you know, who is going to be a protector and provider for his family. I like I want those things. I want my little girl to grow up to be, you know, a nurturer, someone who is a good mother, a good wife, you know, successful in all the things that they do, but like with these clear-cut things. And so it, again, I I think but the problem is that's vilified in our culture. If you have that stance by you saying that you aren't okay with my lifestyle, you're the enemy of this whole movement. You know, and that's, and even like making that statement like makes me a little nervous knowing that this is going to be broadcasted. Like people are going to hear this because not that I, not that I waver in that, but it's it's out there, you know what I'm saying? And so, like, I mean, there is a there's a fear that who's going to use this and how are they going to use it against me? I mean, anybody that knows me knows this, but it's different when it's your friends, hmm. you know. Instead of somebody looking for some way to think about this, guys. So, Urban Meyer, a couple weeks ago, Jacksonville Jaguars play the Bengals. Urban Meyer doesn't go home with the team. Instead, goes to his restaurant in Columbus. And some chicks grinding on him, and some guy got it on video, mm-hmm. right? Blows up, big deal. I was listening to a sports uh, group, and they were talking about you know character and this and that and that. It was a sports show, and but they said they they said, well, what's going to happen when he goes back to his team? And the guy, he's he's an ex NFL player, says the guys there are probably going to say, good job, coach. Like that's going to be their mentality. Now, here's the thing, I don't know. I haven't been watching ESPN this week. Is, are they still talking about the Urban Meyer stuff? It's not blasted on the on their front page of their website. Dude, it lasted. Now, it lasted yeah. two days. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it lasted two days, and they've moved on. Why? Because if you're going to blast Urban Meyer for cheating on his wife, which he pro- he maybe didn't do that, you know, or whatever he did, then you have to blast everybody else that does anything sexually immoral. And we're not going to do that, man. You can't. You can't have the views that our culture has and have any kind of ethic that says this is right and this is wrong. How can, how does that have any weight to stand? Mm-hmm. You can't say it's wrong. You can maybe get away with saying that Gruden needs to leave and blah, 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 because 
I think everybody about agrees that racism and some of those things are wrong, you know, and, and it goes against this, this message of homosexuality, you know, because Gruden, if he said, I think he said something about homosexuals or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you can, that'll get more play, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but in, in the culture with the, the degradation of sex and what it's become, sorry, like that's okay. Beating a woman, raping a woman. Okay. You can get away with saying that's wrong. Everybody kind of agrees with that, but the sexuality stuff, there's no, there's no foundation to stand on in the culture that we live in today. I think a big correlation of the topic we're, we're speaking of is, and I think somebody kind of hit on it briefly, was just the families in, in the state of what a family looks like now versus what it looked like 20 years ago. I think we're seeing the repercussions of that. You, you know what I'm saying? Like Elaborate, because I, I do, but but like flush that out. And I think, I, I won't take long, but I think it's it's more than that, man. I think it's multi-generational. I think it's yeah. even before, sure. you know, 20 years ago. Right. It's, I mean, we're, it's it's been a process of a few decades of just the acceptance of separation, the, the acceptance of um, publicly issues that you have that catapults into separation in a marriage. So let's say addiction um, in whatever form or shape that is of addiction. But I think that it is now culturally more accepted to be a, a divorced person than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. It's more culturally, culturally accepted to not get married um, and still have children and be a single parent or be a parent that passes the kids off to another parent because you can't, you can't take care of the responsibility that you created. It's okay because, you know, somebody out there says it's okay to be in that, that position. It's so much easier to tap out and quit. You know, I've joked about it before, but you know, we've, we hand out participation awards for last place nowadays and it's okay to be, to quit and be a, be a loser of that sport or whatever. And I think that that's the kind of, and this would be a huge conversation to, to speak about, but I think that that's a correlation that we're, what, what, what we're seeing, what we're talking about is there's no guidance. There's no roadmap. You know, you had a good roadmap as a kid growing up. It wasn't perfect. Kevin, I'm talking to Kevin. Nobody can see me pointing at him. Um, <laughs> He's pointing at me. <laughs> yeah. I know that you've had, you had, it wasn't normal He's per se, but the guy, but the guy that you know is your dad is, has been a great father for you. You've talked about it on a podcast, um, Nelson. I think you've kind of talked about a little bit about it as well. And for me too, like I mean, I had a great roadmap in my life, um, you know. But I think when you when you look at this, what I'm talking about, and just things that I've seen in my work growing up as a kid, there are so many families one that don't have Jesus involved in their life. And that's the most important part. But two, there is a huge separation issue. Um, you know, the the mothers by herself raising four kids, and then these or grandparents are raising their kids because mom and dad's addicted to drugs or in and out of prison. That is so much more prevalent nowadays than what it was forty years ago. You didn't like. When, I remember I was talking to my grandpa one time, and um, we were talking about I, it was a it was a class project, and we got on the topic about divorce and domestic issues and things of that effect. And he said, man, when I was, you know, younger, 
women never talked to anybody about their husband beating, but you always knew. You always knew what husband was beating their, was beating their wife, but they never talked about it. Wow. But then, and the woman would never leave the husband, right? Nowadays, I mean, I would I, I would accept if a woman left a man because the man's beating on her. Absolutely. Don't, 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 get me, don't get me wrong in that aspect. But it's put out there more now. You know, it's publicized more, not just domestic issues, but issues in and of itself, right? Um, and so then if you have an issue outside of domestic issues, if you have an issue, then you have this pull from this area of, of our lives where it's like, just leave. You have an easy outlet. Just leave. Tap out. Quit. You know? Relationships and, are like, you know, High school boyfriend girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> they're not. It marriage is not a commitment. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. And it, well, because we're we're we want the the fast fix. We want the quick response because that's what we have on our our minds now. Is it's engraved in us. Is like like you were talking about with cell phones. Like we need an answer. Boom, it's on our cell phone. If our marriage ain't working, boom, we're out. Like this. Like we we that's that's how we are now. I mean, and whether we want to accept it or not, whether we want you know that's that's who we are, right? And um. So with that in mind, like I was saying at the beginning, there's a correlation with that when you don't have a foundation or a roadmap for these kids that are growing up in middle school, um, in elementary, in high school, and they don't have anybody to look at to say, this is, this is right, that's wrong. Um, you know, we're seeing that as, we, as there's 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, you know, even 40-year-olds, um, we're seeing the repercussions of that. And then now we got administration, schools, business, whatever, that are in their 50s and 60s from a complete different culture trying to supervise this this era that we're that these 20-year-olds, these teenagers, this the um, superintendents of of high schools, middle schools, and they're trying to trying to make huge legal decisions and base daily operations of their business to appease not only culture, but law because they have to. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes against everything that was in their culture. So mm-hmm. that's, I think that's a huge struggle and a separation that we're seeing. That's the tension that we're feeling. And that's the, that's the awkwardness that we're talking about. Yeah. I don't know if any of that made sense, but no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, yeah. I mean, you, you made a lot of really good points there. Um, you know, just again, to piggyback off what you said, like, I go outside after school sometimes and, you know, I, I see a lot of students that are being picked up by someone, you know, are those people that are picking up the kids, their parents? Yeah. Probably not. Are they their grandparents? Probably. Mm-hmm. Now their grandparents are, um, you know, they probably don't have a job. They probably have the time to pick up their grandson or grandkid or granddaughter. But, you know, if you really look into it, <laughs> it's not that they don't have a job because they're a grandparent, they're retired. It's because they are taking care of mm-hmm. that child. Yeah. And that's, it's a sad thing. It is. And, but, and and typically the grandparents are so naive to social media yeah. that these kids can get away with all this and be exposed to what we were just talking about earlier. Yeah. And they have, the grandparents have no idea. Yeah. A, a, a 60 year old woman or man is not going to be able to keep up with a kid. No. Like it's just right. not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And and another thing you talked about was separation, man. Like, you know, when I think of the word, well, when any of us think of the word divorce, you know, what what do you think of when you hear the word divorce? Like, what's what's something that comes to mind? I think horrible, <laughs> quitting. I, I mean, it just makes me think about my parents. Yeah, and, and know, I'm not, like, I'm, not right I'm not yeah. criticizing anyone who gets a divorce, but our society, what do we call a divorce now? We call it 
conscious uncoupling. Is that what they're calling it? That's what they call it. Conscious uncoupling. <laughs> what? Because it doesn't sound as bad as a divorce. Mm. But in the end, what is it? Yeah. It's a divorce. Change the language in it. Exactly. Works. So it just goes back to the simple idea that our culture is trying We're to trying normalize. To yeah. Jinx. Mountain Dew Jinx. <laughs> Pepsi Jinx. <laughs> that must be a school thing. I don't really. It is. Yeah, you can't talk right now. He's trying to talk. You can't talk. <laughs> Go ahead, dude. What are you going to say? No, I, just, I mean, we got to end this. Um, we're uh, we're over time, and, and my wife just sent me a text, so I got to go. We, we, we need, we need to do this. You know, we, there's a lot of questions like we cannot answer, right? Like we have to deal with these things. There's no if, ands, buts. Here, here's what I'd say. I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the straight answer and then I'm going to, I'm going to just flush it just a bit. It's, it starts with the word of God. There has to be a roadmap. I love that you said that because that's, because our heavenly father, whether our, our, our real dads did it, our heavenly father did. He absolutely gave us a roadmap to what we do and how we do it. That has to be the starting point, period. No ifs, ands, buts, okay? And it says a lot of hard things in there. And that's that's what we, I mean, on Sunday mornings, we deal with some of those hard truths, man. Like we deal with the hard things. We talked about money last week. We talked about what it means to be a radical giver. That sucks to talk about giving your money away. I don't, I don't care who you are, you know, what generation you're in. Like giving chunks of money to God in whatever capacity you decide, whether it be the local church or whether it be some Christian parachurch organization that you, that you do. I don't care, but but that's a tough thing. Maybe if he's just even just serving and giving money to someone who needs it. But then we talk about sex this week. We're talking about these hard issues, not because we want to say, oh, they're doing it wrong. No, we're saying, like, you <laughs> radically need to live for the Lord. Okay, so it starts with that roadmap that's there, that we all have access to it. That, and, and here's what I'd say, like, you know these things are right and wrong. And if you're, if you're dealing with these things, then you have, you have to flush that out. When I started at Cincinnati Christian University, I had someone come up to me and say, Kevin, you need to be baptized. And I'm like, I'm, I grew up in a Methodist church. Baptism was, you know, we didn't, it wasn't a physical immersion which I think the Bible teaches. It was a, hey, it was a, it was more of a spiritual thing in the Methodist church. So all you had to really do is say this prayer and you're saved. And so I thought that was the way. So this person says, you need to be baptized. And I'm like, well, I'll, I'll see you in heaven someday. And it was just this prideful answer that I gave them. But this is what it forced me to do. They said the Bible said this thing. I thought the Bible said something else. And the only way that I was going to find the answer is if I flushed it out. God had an answer, but I had I had to flush that answer out. God, God has an answer to homosexuality. He has an answer to gender. He has an answer to marriage. He has an answer to social media. He has an answer to all these things that, that we're seeing, okay? We have to flush these things out. We have to do the hard work of, of trying to discover these answers and not be, and, and I'm not calling anybody out in this, in this room or anybody on this podcast, not be lazy, um, I, so I started looking into the subject. I started studying. I started asking questions. I took a class just on baptism. 
and I came to a place where I could, I could, I could align what I knew to be a life that I had lived for God, committed to God, and this teaching of baptism that is clearly stated in Scripture in a way that that I could, I could accept it, live it, teach it, you know, and make it a part of who I was, and I. The, the roadmap is there. We The answers are there, okay? And so the next thing becomes then flushing it out to the to the point where we can we can make it jive just like like Derek Carr did with 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 his coach, right? With John Gruden in the sense that saying, "Hey, listen, I'm not okay with this. But I love this guy." Like and and I think it's going to be a lot of that. I can't be okay with this, but I love you, and so let's like let's start with these things that 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 we parallel, and then we'll get into the mess as we get into it. But let's do it relationally, not in a post that I can sit behind a computer and not have any relationship or any care about you as an individual, and that's what's happening. It's becoming too toxic. We start with the roadmap. We make roadmaps for our children, right? Um. And then we go from there. Right on, man. Right on. Uh, Nelson, would you like to close us in prayer, buddy? There's certain times that I don't like this seat, but it just seems that I'm over here. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's the prayer seat. It's the prayer seat. I'm going to move them around next I'm week. Feeling good energy <laughs> from over there, man. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for these uh, for the ability to get together and uh, discuss these topics and just help, to, help us to... Um, to, to use the roadmap that you've given us to learn about the culture and to learn about the issues that are um, in our society these days and just help us to love each other and uh, help to lift each other up. Have a name and pray. Amen. Amen. Well, y'all, uh, Kevin, say bye. Bye. Nelson, say bye. Later. Cody, say bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>